It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Chief. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Thank you, John Mason, and it is indeed Wired, the Pistons podcast. Matt Derry with you, week number two of the pod, and boy, oh boy, a lot to discuss, and we will do so here on Wired. Thanks for tuning in and joining us here, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Pistons website, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us here on a Wired. What's been an interesting week for the Pistons, they had won five in a row. All right, I start Wired last week. We do the first podcast, and if you missed it, go back and check out uh, our material and the interview with John Barry, the former Piston and ESPN analyst. And now the Pistons can't win a basketball game. They've won five in a row. Now they've lost five in a row after Monday night's loss in Philadelphia, and the Pistons get ready for a busy week as they continue their road trip in Charlotte against the Hornets on a Wednesday night. But a lot to discuss uh, here on Wired. Our guest today is former Piston great Lindsey Hunter, of course, two-time Detroit Piston and an NBA champion with the team back in 2004. We're going to talk to Lindsey about the state of the team currently, a little bit about the past, and of course, state of the NBA uh, with uh, the great Lindsey Hunter in a little bit right here on Wired. I, I want to get into something here uh, on the program. And again, Pistons, by the time we record this here, 13-12 and 12, and fresh off a loss in Philadelphia Monday night, 116-102. to 102. Um, and, and basically, it, it comes down to this. There's not a big margin for error right now with this basketball team. I told you last week, and I'll continue to say it. I see improvement. I, I see the emergence of Blake Griffin getting back into that superstar mode with the way that he has played. I think Dwayne Casey has done a magnificent job in doing the best he can with this roster, which I'll continue to say is probably not 100% to his liking just yet. What he inherited and, and what he has had to uh, deal with and play with when it comes to the salary cap and everything else uh, it's it's going to be a process. And I think Dwayne Casey's done a really good job. Bottom line over this last week is, number one, the schedule got harder. Number two, when you lose Ish Smith, Reggie Bullock, uh, Stanley Johnson, and then in Monday night's game, uh, Glenn Robinson the third goes out, and Blake Griffin rests and sits one out four games and six nights, and Coach Casey elects to rest Blake Griffin, you're not going to have a lot of success. And this is what goes on around the league a lot of times when teams lose, uh, you know, players to injury. All right, when Golden State didn't have Steph Curry and didn't have Draymond Green, they started losing basketball games. The Pistons' margin for error is not as as large as let's say a team like Golden State's. But sitting at thirteen and twelve now, with some key road games coming up and the schedule getting more difficult, I commend Dwayne Casey for what he did Monday night. And we're going to hear from him in a second, courtesy of Fox Sports Detroit, the audio from Dwayne Casey with Johnny Kane pregame Monday on why he elected to rest his star player. And I know what the old school way of thinking is, and I know for many season ticket holders that have been there for a long time, like the Ken Graces of the world and and the Sues and everybody that has been at at the games forever, uh, Diane KG, everybody, uh, Dave Neitzer, everybody that has gone to all these games are going to say, I've been going to Pistons games since the Palace days and the Silverdome days. And why are guys sitting out? Why why would you rest Blake Griffin on a Monday night against Philly where he's been lighting up the Sixers? And I saw one local columnist on Twitter say, oh, this is a stupid move. No, no, it's the right move. It's the bright move on the part of Dwayne Casey. Blake Griffin has been injury prone his entire career. The team is 24 games into the season going into Monday night's loss, now 25. And they need a healthy Blake Griffin to continue to carry this team on offense. 
He's dishing out assists. He's hitting threes. He's getting to the rim. He's done everything for this basketball team. So here's a fourth game in six nights, a Monday night back-to-back against the Sixers, right? And you already are going to go without Stanley Johnson-ish Smith, who's been fantastic coming off the bench. Glenn Robinson the third gets hurt. Reggie Bullock's out. Of course you rest Blake Griffin. You're going to rest him uh, Friday when they're at home? Pistons fans would be furious to show up to Little Caesars Arena and not see number 23 out there. So this was the right call by Dwayne Casey. Take a listen to his reasoning and, and just, I'm with him 100% on this, but take a listen to Dwayne Casey and why he sat Blake Griffin on Monday night. How tough was it, the decision to sit Blake tonight? Well, it's, it's very tough just because of, of the malaise that we're in right now and the, the you know, low point, not low point, but tough point, tough spot in our um, the season we are right now. So uh, we need all the health, healthy hands that we can get. And with Bullock out and, uh, you know, Stanley, we're going to find out the game time and, and ish, uh, you know, it, it made it even tougher. So... Uh, it, you know, but again, the long-term health of Blake, who is, you know, his health is very important for us in the long run. Uh, we have to be smart and prudent as far as how we, um, you know, manage his minutes, manage his rest with all these games that's come keep this, this going to keep rolling on. All right, there's Wayne Casey, courtesy of Fox Sports Detroit, in his pregame interview with uh, Johnny Kane. Listen, the guy's averaging 25 and a half a game. He's averaging nine rebounds a game. He's leading your team in assists. That's correct. Leading your team in assists. Averaging 4.9, so five assists a game. And he's playing 36 minutes a night. Blake Griffin has to get a rest. And don't tell me, well, uh, back when I went and saw the bad boys play, let me tell you something. All teams are doing it now. If you recall, Joel Embiid rested the last time the Sixers, uh, the first time the Sixers came to uh, Little Caesars Arena. Or maybe it was the second time. They've already played each other like four times this year. Um, San Antonio made this um, famous when Greg Popovich said, for 82 games and for the way the schedule is put together, this is the right move, resting guys. I don't like it. Certainly, I know there was a few years ago in Indiana um, when LeBron didn't play for the Cavs against the Pacers and and Bob Kravitz at the Indianapolis Star wrote a big column like, all these fans didn't get their money's worth. And that's true, and it's unfortunate. But for the better health and the betterment of the team, you've got to do what's right. And so I commend Dwayne Casey for picking Monday night, fourth game in six nights, to rest a guy like Blake Griffin, who has meant so much to this franchise in the year and a half that he's been here. And the way he's played this year, uh, whether it was Blake's call or whatever, you got another game on the road Wednesday night in Charlotte, which you need. Uh, you send Blake to the bench and let him sit there on his sweatsuit and take a night off. It's one of 82. So I think that that was the right move for sure. A couple other notes here before we get Lindsey Hunter on here on Wired. Again, welcome in. Matt Derry with you. Week two of our podcast. Uh, shooting is is at a premium. It's not the Pistons' strong suit. And you know that Ed Stefanski and his staff, Malik Rose, are going to do all they can to surround Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, uh, Stanley Johnson with with shooters. You know, Stanley's a guy that can put the ball on the floor. Um, Reggie Jackson, same thing. All right, and I saw Reggie, you know, splash one home from three last night. 
But they need some guys that can stand in the corner, and that's the way the NBA's turned into, and this is what the NBA's turned into, some guys that can stand in the corner and on the wing and knock down shots. And this week, I think we saw two guys, one Langston Galloway in a couple of games at home this week during this losing skid. Langston Galloway hit for a career high. And, 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 and Luke Kennard, finally back, finally healthy, um, getting an opportunity. And on Monday night, knocking down 28 points. Um, he's going to be huge. And, and I understand there are Pistons fans. They're going to smash their heads up against the wall time and time again for not taking Donovan Mitchell. And we, we, we could, we could, you know, we could butter that bread and talk about it all day, but Luke Kennard's on the team and he's not going anywhere and doesn't make a whole lot of money. So you need your draft picks to play and perform. And you need a guy like Luke Kennard, who's a designated shooter. And as a guy that has the ability to knock down the deep shot, and he started off the year a little bit slow hitting threes, and he's been injured, only hitting him at 32%. But on Monday night, you saw what he's capable of doing in making big threes, in forcing the defense to have to worry about him, um, and, and adding a, 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 a sniper, if you want to call it that, to this, to this operation here. Because that's what this game has become. Three and D, knocking down threes, playing defense. Um, but, you know, 11 out of 18 from the field on Monday night for Luke Kennard to go along with five threes, that, that, there's a premium for that in the league. So hopefully this is a trend that continues for the Pistons and he can be a guy that can score the basketball from deep and get an opportunity to play more, uh, which is needed. And I like when he's on the floor with Jose Calderon because Jose seems to find him, especially off the high screen, and Kennard's kind of camped out there uh, in the corner. All right, guest number two on Wired as we're back for our week two a podcast. Matt Derry with you, joined by former Piston great, former head coach in the NBA, former assistant with the Warriors. It is the great Lindsey Hunter. What's up, brother? How you doing, Matt? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, yourself? I'm doing good, doing good. All right, so the Pistons have won five straight, now lost five straight. I know you watch this team pretty closely here and still live in the area. 13-12, and 12, where, do you, where do you rank this team right now, and what do you think so far? Well, just watching them, you know, I think they're still trying to find a uh, solidified identity and how they're going to play and, and the style and structure and, you know, some guys sitting out. So we've got a lot of variables, uh, I think, that, that uh, add to their record. But uh, just really – Breaking them down, I just I just think if they can be consistent, you know, shooting the basketball uh, from the outside, they they can really establish an identity. And the way Blake is playing, you know, penetrating, playing that point forward uh, role, they can be really effective. What about Blake Griffin at the point? And, and and really, Dwayne Casey came in and handed him handed him the ball and said, "Go make plays." That's kind of the way the NBA's. Uh, Structured nowadays, no no more Blake at the four with his back to the basket, at least uh, consistently. Do you like that? I do, I do. I think it, uh, it it's kind of the 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 new tradition in the NBA. You got guys, you know, that are setting that trade, like Draymond Green, who's that. You know, he's a four man, uh, but he he really is a, is a point guard out there. Uh, a lot of times, he initiates the offense. Uh, you know, probably he leads uh, Golden State in assists, and I, I can see Blake, you know, doing that same type of thing and and being even more dynamic at it because of. You know, uh, he doesn't have the type of weapons that the Warriors have, but, but he can do it as well as, you know, averaging uh, 20-plus points a game. 
when you watch his game, and now he's obviously instituted the three, and he doesn't jump over cars or Kias like he used to, but still can be effective. What what has Dwayne Casey done to kind of get Blake Griffin back in that all-star mode? I think the biggest thing was giving him the ball, like you said earlier. Uh, Put the ball in his hands, let him be creative, uh, you know, let him distribute as well as, uh, you know, breaking the defense down and getting to the basket himself. And, and you know, he's, you know, he, he has range. He can shoot the ball, uh, you know, from three decently and he can step out and shoot it inside three. So, you know, Blake has always been really effective. I mean, we've always known him as that high flying, uh, act, but now as, as he's gotten older, he, he's adapted. His game is adapted, you know, and, and you've seen him really doing some things to be effective. You know, other than dunking the basketball, as well as his passing, you know. Talking to Lindsey Hunter, former Piston, uh, still in the area coaching and doing a lot of other things right now. Uh, So last night, I I liked this. Dwayne Casey decided to rest Blake four games and six nights, and he's been the most important guy on this team. And it's kind of a a game that they went into Philly with all these other injuries. How, How did you look at it? I mean, I understand that whole dynamic of things. Trying to, you know, you got to do what you got to do to try to maximize your ability to win. I get that, but like I've said to you before, uh, these are the greatest athletes in the world. These these guys are, are you know, uh, highly skilled, highly athletic, more so than ever before in the history of our game. So back in the day, guys just played. <laughs> and I know I sound like to get off my lawn, guy. Here, here we go. But, 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 <laughs> but, but, but isn't that a part of the challenge, though, to, to be able to play 82 games and then finish the season off holding that Larry O'Brien trophy? Isn't huh. that part of the challenge? But, Lynn, Lindsay, he's the, he's the whole team. I mean, he's you're right. I mean, he's had to carry this team for 25 games already. Oh, wow, a whole 25 games? Are you but, serious? But he's not 23 or 24 anymore, <laughs> right? But, but, but man, I, I just think that's part of the challenge to me. I, I, I just remember hearing uh, guys say, you know, you know, playing was the most exciting thing for them. And, you know, and, and listening to Jordan say that playing 82 games and finishing the season strong was a challenge for him, and that's what he looked forward to but, um, you just hear all those different stories, but I don't, you know, it doesn't really bother me. I just always wonder about that because, you know, we, I, I do believe that the athletes of today are, are a lot more superior to the guys back in the day in some aspects. Um, but, but I, I, I still wonder, like, okay, why don't guys challenge themselves to, to condition themselves to try to play 82 games? And then things will happen. They'll get dinged up. You'll twist an ankle. You'll get a thigh bruise or whatever. And I understand. You, you may have to take a night off in those cases. Um, but just for rest, I mean rest. That that That's become a thing now, rest. So wait, so when you... Popovich started. Popovich <laughs> maybe started his whole thing. But Popovich is one of the zillion rings. Uh, did, did, now, when you, play, when you played, did, what, didn't this used to be called like a sprained ankle or the flu? Or no? No. If you had a sprained ankle, you had a sprained ankle. I mean, if you were sick, you majority of the time guys were legitimately, you know, sick. I, I just, I, I don't know, man. It's just different now. And, and kids are different. I understand it. I'm, and I, don't get me wrong. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. You do what you got to do to win. It bothers I, you. It I, bothers I, you. Just admit, a, just admit it. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me. Uh, if, I had a, if I had a chance to win a championship and you told me, hey, man, you need to rest such and such or you won't be ready, you think I won't rest them? 
Yeah, I you guess. Don't go ahead arrest him. Wait, hold on. When you were head coaching out in Phoenix, and I know that you didn't have a, a great team, but would, would you ever get a directive from Sarver or the GM or any, anybody like, hey, we need to sit a guy out, or was that always the coach's call? No, yeah, you would get there. Would, there would be calls over your head to, to do certain things that you had no control over. But you know, had I had a five-year deal and, and, and some security, then I would have did what I wanted to do. Though. You had you had a good five-month deal. <laughs> right, right, right. Lindsey Hunter with me, former Piston. All right, so you watch this team. We talked about Blake Griffin a little bit. What about Andre Drummond? Um, you know. Can can they be successful with him at the five and Blake at the four? And I know, that, like you talked about now, it's a point-forward situation. There's some nights you watch Andre and you go, man, double-double machine. But like last night was a prime example. No Blake, no Stanley Johnson, all of these things. Should that have been a night where Andre went for 35 and carried him, or is he not capable of that? Well, if you watch his game, and I, and I, I always challenge people to not just look at the box scores if you didn't watch the game and you, you judge a person and say, oh, they had a great game, they had this or that. You know, you got to watch how a guy gets his points. You got to watch how they score, how they affect the game. And, um, you know, no fault to, of his own so far, but he he's one of those guys who, you know, he'll get his buckets rim running. You know, you'll see him post up every now and then and, and make a decent move, but that's not his main thing. And, and, you know, I just don't think you can play through him right now at the stage of his game. I think his game has to mature more um, his skill level has to be higher in order for you to play directly through him. You know, um, you, you watch guys like Boogie Cousins, and not to the point, and I don't even think Andre has to get to the point where he can shoot threes like those guys, but they're, they're so, they're, they're so much more polished. If you watch Boogie Cousins, you can play through him because he can catch it at the high post, and I think Andre has the same attributes. He can be a guy that can develop into a guy that can catch the ball high and make passes and make plays. Um, on a regular basis, but you see those guys, and that's their game. Um, and, and if he can evolve into one of those guys, then you can play through him and definitely uh, change the whole landscape of the way the Pistons play and, and, and how dominant they can be. You mentioned shooting before, Lindsay. Is it safe to say that Luke Kennard and maybe Langston Galloway, those are guys not going anywhere because they can fill it up from outside? And, and you've talked about you know, uh, you know, pace and, and, and space and what, what the NBA has turned into now, those guys are probably not going anywhere, right? Valuable assets. If you can put the ball in the hole behind that three-point line, shoot 37% plus, you can find a home. And Langston Galloway is definitely uh, one of those uh, not-so-known snipers right now, but I really I really love watching him play. And I, I think he's a great addition. And Luke Kennard is coming to his own, you know, uh, shooting the basketball. And if you can get some guys like that to be consistent, man, it, it helps your team so much. Lindsey Hunter with me. All right, we mentioned Coach Casey before. I think it's been a, one of the more underrated moves uh, just around the league because of what he's done here. Because obviously this roster is not 100% to his liking, and he came into a situation that was uh, you know, toxic at times, understand. And Ed Stefanski pulling that trigger and getting him and Tom Gorris as well, getting getting Dwayne Casey here. How do, who does he compare to that you played for, and and what are your thoughts on the job that he's done here so far? Um, he, he I, I often says his demeanor his demeanor is, is a lot like um, uh, Lenny Wilkins. That, that that's how I see him, um, and and I think he's done a tremendous job of of you know finding out what he has, seeing how guys mesh. You know, uh, finding uh, lineups that work, 
incorporating, you know, the young guys as well as getting Blake, you know, to, to kind of be the, 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 the staple in the offense. And then defensively, they've been, they've been decent. They've been decent defensively, I think. Um, as they evolve and the season goes on, they'll get better and better on each side of the ball. I think he'll, he'll do a great job of that. I mean, he's coach of the year. Uh, and I know in the NBA, if we look at the past coach of the year, it's like it's not a good thing to be coach of the year because you end up losing your job. But, but he's done a great job everywhere he's been. You mentioned defense. Uh, Pistons are one of the top teams guarding the three. How, how do you come in and, and change the culture of, uh, is it just closeouts? Is it something you work on in practice? How, how did they go from struggling so much last year against guys behind the long line to uh, doing all right so far this year? Well, it is, it's a lot to do with the coach's mindset and the type of culture he wants to establish. You know, uh, now in the NBA, the, the, with the, 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 the outburst of analytics, you know, everything is a three or a layup. That's what teams are trying to do. Um, and, and so defensively, you have to guard against that. And you, as a, as a uh, defending against that type of thinking, you want to give up what long contested twos. That's what your defense is geared to do. And, and, and so you, you see a lot of people adapting to that, uh, trying to run guys off the line, you know, not give up the corner threes and not give up, you know, uh, scoring at the rim. And, and, and so I think he's incorporated that, and I think they'll get better and better at, at uh, on that end of the score. Lindsay, should the Pistons' goal ultimately for the year almost be like get the four seed and, and, and stay away from, uh, you know, a Boston or a Toronto or, or, or an Indiana in, in the first round or – or somebody of that ilk, what, what what should be the game plan? And, and I guess part two would be uh, they got to be a playoff team this year, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I think you've got to shoot for the top four. You want you want to get a home playoff series, and you, you definitely want to stay away from Boston, Indiana, and, and, and Toronto. You know, those those are going to be three of the teams that uh, will be favored to get to the finals. Um, and, and I think if they can get that fourth seed and, and kind of stay away from those guys or, or you know, at worst, you know, you, you get a fifth seed and you battle it out with, with four, but um, it, it'll be tough for them, but I think they can do it. I think they can pull it together, and, and they're not far away now. Um, if they can do that, they may they may end up winning the playoff series and get those guys some really valuable experience. And once you have a taste of that, man, it's, it's like a driving force. You want more. You know, you want more. You want to find out what it's like to get to the conference finals. Then you want to find out what it's like to get to the finals and, and, and eventually try to win a championship. How healthy is this league right now compared to when you play? There's so much drama. I saw the LeBron Dwayne Wade circus last night. They exchanged jerseys after the game, but but people are into it, right? I mean, the, the, you know, LeBron going west and and everything else. It kind of opens up the East a little bit, but people are talking NBA, man. I mean, I, you know, I have your son at school, and that's all the guys talk about is the NBA. Hey, it's it's an it's a great time to be an NBA basketball fan. I think we have more young superstars that are coming in the league. Uh, the league is changing for the better, I think. Um, I know Popovich wouldn't agree with me because he thinks it's uh, kind of a circus act with, <laughs> with everybody shooting threes and things like that. But I love it. I love it. I think it's, it's exciting. Um, you know, it's a great brand of basketball. we got a bunch of great superstars. LeBron is, you know, uh, at the twilight almost. I think he's still rising, but he's still kind of, that last great player that uh, is going to usher in the, the, the other superstars. You got Steph on the cusp. You got KD. You got AD. I mean, it, it's a great time to be be a fan, man. I'm enjoying it every night. 
It's a lot of good action, no question about it. And, uh, you know, for the football fans in town, Lions are like hanging on. Your 49ers, I thought of you when Jimmy G went down, man. It was uh, it was a painful, painful thing. But uh, at least the NBA was starting, right? Oh, absolutely. I watched Jimmy G try to get an extra one yard and blow his feet out. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, dude? We just signed you to $100 million, and you're going to try to run and get an extra yard? Oh, I, put, and, uh, I pushed the wrong buttons right there, folks. Oh, you did. That, that upset me. That really upset me. <laughs> All right, Linswood, uh, great catching up, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, your son at UAD High come January once he's eligible and um, continued uh, success, my friend. All right. Thanks, Matt. Always great to catch up with Lindsay Hunter, the former Piston, who's uh, looking to get back into coaching and I think will uh, hopefully soon and is still in town. He and his wife, Ivy, and the kids and Lindsay uh uh, coaching young kids and, and, and everything else that he does in the community, keeping his eye on the pulse of the Pistons. And, and he's right about a lot of things. The NBA right now is thriving. Uh, attendance is up at Little Caesars Arena. The people are, people are back with the Pistons. They're enjoying watching this whole Blake Griffin show and some of the younger guys getting an opportunity. I think Dwayne Casey is doing a, a heck of a job. Pistons got to get back in the winning track, though. Winning five, losing five. You look at the Eastern Conference and where Detroit sits right now, kind of in that 5-6 spot. And I think Lindsay's right. Um, you know, that's you do not want to be seven or eight and see Toronto, Toronto, or Boston uh, in the first round. You want to be six, five, four if that's where the Pistons end up. They'd love to be four, um, but this team will, uh, I think, get back on track once they get healthy. And again, you know, we'll we'll see about the the health of all these guys. Glenn Robinson, the third, Stanley Johnson almost played on Monday night, and I think he'll be back shortly. Ish Smith out a couple of weeks. He's been a key guy. Uh, but this is where Dwayne Casey earns his money to get the most out of his guys. And Blake Griffin coming back on Wednesday certainly is going to be a huge, huge addition. All right, that does it for week two of Wired, the Pistons podcast. Thanks to Lindsey Hunter for uh, joining me tonight. Matt Derry with you. We'll talk to you again next week on Wired.